Hello, my name is Alexander Moraire and I'm the founder of ITK Media. You've tuned in to our uh, podcast about Central and Eastern European startups that are in pre-series A stage. And our guest today is Igor Lavrinovich, Igor Lavrinovich, the co-founder of Cell.xyz. Cell is a one-stop solution for retailers and also retailers to be or wannabes, I should, say, should add, and solution for them to design and source products. And Cell is connecting retailers to print providers, manufacturers and designers all in one place. It's like a marketplace of marketplaces, should I say? Yes, that's right. Ah, okay, good, good, good. For, for, for a warm-up, here's a question. What, what, made you, what made you think that to delete barriers of entry into retail market is a good, is a good business? Because this is what mm -hmm. you're doing. You're destroying barriers of entries, okay? Yes, correct. But not only that. So like our, the whole entire team comes kind of from the field of building businesses, right? And creating the startups and then scaling them up. And while we were doing that with our team, we kind of figured out that there are certain things which you need to put your focus and attention to in order for your company to succeed and uh, be successful in the end of the day. Yeah. But in between all those things, you have so many other things to build from starting your own brand to actually, you know, selling your product to your customers. And sometimes, and actually, actually oftentimes, entrepreneurs get caught up in those things and they lose the touch with those most important ones. And therefore, the business kind of prone to failure at some point. So our goal with SellXYZ services to help those entrepreneurs to actually increase their success by us taking off their shoulders something which we can do on their behalf and them to be focusing on the things which they have to do as a business owners, like sales, marketing, customer service, things like that. Good. So I see there an obvious pitfall that probably you don't take into consideration too much because it's uh, against your, should I say, like marketing and PR kind of positioning. Um, you think that all the retailers that want to be retailers, your clients, that they are all artistic personalities and they focus only on combination of flavors and all of that. Why don't you think that many of them are pure business people as well? I mean, business minded and they're not creative minds, more of a, you know, business minds. And for them, they see the they see the potential in optimizing the non-creative part of their business, so to say. Because what mm -hmm. you're saying right now, I understand you treat all of your potential clients as like, you know, high level kind of haute couture from perfum perfumery kind of business uh, or, or similar, which is mm -hmm. not the case, right? Yeah, well, uh, it's, it's also only partially the case. We actually work with a lot of entrepreneurs who just kind of want to be entrepreneurs, right? The guys who just, and gals who just want to start their own side hustle or maybe start their own business or someone who oh, actually already okay. have the business. And we actually helping them to jumpstart the business because in the, in the beginning of that, for example, they don't want to lock up any capital to actually be used for the stock or inventory, which actually we are helping them with. So with that, I want to say we kind of helping them on the creative part as well as offline part of the business which still needs to be taken care of from actually taking care of storage and warehousing to providing our cell designs web studio as we call it to actually be creative and create your customization for your products you help them you introduce them on stage and so on but also you make them dependent heavily on your product uh, on your platform and your services for good or bad i mean for good mostly right and this probably should be a breach already into the first round, the solution itself. How would you traditionally uh, write the first paragraph in Wikipedia article about your company? Yeah, so uh, in one sentence, right? I can give you one sentence and then I can expand on that uh, if you don't mind. So Cell XYZ is everything on demand, dropshipping platform for product sourcing, customization and selling. In other words, we help entrepreneurs to build their own brands, create their own products, customize them by applying their brand identity onto those products by providing them automation optimization tools, online tools, and then start selling them on their own online stores. Claire, let's take the most challenging product categories that you want to cover i mean t-shirts and hoodies all of that that's easy and that's not exactly. not unique and so on what i liked uh, what, what what caught my eye basically is that you ventured into uh should i tell uh, chemical stuff right yeah uh, <laughs> well we do cosmetics and supplements yeah 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 so as far as cosmetics me your potential client i would buy something white label and then put my branding 
I buy wholesale and then I put my branding and then I do some marketing magic and so on. And that's, that's where I get my margin, right? Or would you prefer somebody uh, with unique recipes or unique, you know, perfume, perfumery kind of uh, uh, substances, yeah? Okay, What's so what we do is we actually kind of uh, source those products from manufacturers and suppliers all over the world. So we establish relationships with manufacturers and suppliers, I, again, like on our side. That means that that merchant, as we call them, our clients, they don't need to do that. They don't need to uh, input their time and effort into actually researching the market, see what kind of suppliers or manufacturers out there, uh, whether they compliant with the local legislation and whether they produce the product according to the local requirements, right? And things like that. So we source those products. We work with those manufacturers and suppliers and establish relationship with them. We have the whole team on doing so. And then we can provide the high quality product to our customers. And we call it stock formulas. That means the product already formula formulated with all the ingredients and things like that. But we also have uh, customization of those products. That means that the client can order the custom formula with us, working privately with us, and we can actually customize his or her formula for them to be completely unique on the market kind of thing. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Let's take, yeah, let's, 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 let's stick to cosmetics. So okay. Imagine, imagine I want to introduce a new cosmetics line for, for men. Let's mm -hmm. call it Morari perfumes, whatever. Morari VIP, whatever. Yeah. So yeah. let's call it M M Morari. Okay. And mm -hmm. so, what 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 do you what would you suggest me to do based on based on your platform? So, do yes. I do I say do I mention to you what flavors I would I would like to have, and then you send me tests, you know, test uh, testers. I mean. And then so I say, add yeah. a little bit more of a cucumber smell to mm -hmm. this, or you know, more like like uh, uh, ch 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 chili or colder or more summer like uh, uh, um, flavors and so on. Would you do this for me, or I just buy off the shelf white label and just I say just uh, brand it uh, according to my wish and go into the market? Yeah, uh, everything starts with the point where you just uh, take a look at our product selection, right? And you see what we already have, because we would prefer to start collaboration with you, with any of the merchants from this point of view, right? So we have this selection of the products, which, by the way, initial catalog, initial product selection was kind of done by us through the user interviews, talking to the suppliers, seeing what are the best sellers out there, what are the trends in the cosmetics right now around the world and things like that. But then we expand the catalog based on our merchant's idea and based on our merchant's request, which they, on the other hand, get from their customers. So we now expanding our catalog and expanding our product selection based on their ideas. As a matter of fact, in like in one week, we're gonna be launching like 37 different products and none of them were our guess game like what would they like right that was the request from all our merchants what they are already ready to sell and therefore we're going to launch it and we expect them to start selling them right away because the customers are already waiting for those products so this is the first starting point and as soon as you start selling our products and then you can kind of suggest this the additional products to be added to the catalog we compile all that work with each of the merchants on that and then we kind of expand our catalog on a kind of monthly and sometimes even weekly basis and our goal is to expand it all the time and, and make it like a living organism based on our feedback, which is coming from the merchants. Okay. I will stick to my vocabulary um, and change a little bit the perspective. So you are providing a catalog of white label products that I choose from. Exactly. In the, in the simplest, in the simplest, simplest situation. I choose from, I brand it as I wish and sell through channels that I choose, like geographies um, and so on and so on. Okay, so what's, what's the risk you would say at some point in the future, what's the risk of um, stumbling in, into, into the same product with slightly different brand in the same, let's say channel distribution, like retail chain and so on. Do, do you see this? Have you seen this? You mean if the product the itself is if the product itself is, is the same. It's like let's take nourishing volume shampoo, three hundred milliliters, right? Mm -hmm. Which is um, um, which is like offered by you as a white label, and I put my brand on it, branding it, and then selling through my channels. And all of a sudden, we have the same product, the same um, 
the same container, um, the same substance inside and so on. It just brand is a little bit different. Would, mm -hmm. would, would this be okay, a situation for you? And, and this is the practical, practically feasible uh, situation, you would say? Yeah, it's it's completely okay situation. It's the same like with apparel, right? Like for example, whatever. Uh, there are a lot of different companies that sell the same T-shirt with the same quality T-shirt, actually sourced from that same manufacturers. The only difference is who, what, what kind of designs and what kind of customization you do with that product, and then how you maybe come combine it with other products which you already have. Because we have a lot of different merchants who not only like creating the cosmetics line with us, right? If that is a woman and she has a group of people who's actually following her already and she's a fitness trainer, let's say, she's also yeah. interested in uh, uh, her supplements uh, line, which she can combine with the cosmetics because she has this audience which is ready to buy that for her she puts you know her brand on top of it she customized those products those products are natural and organic and uh, very high quality products which she knows their uh, customers will benefit out of and she's ready to start selling them so she does that the same person not the same person but the other person can do the same thing but combine them in a different way put a different branding on her own and uh and sell it to her customers and that's how we kind of uh, cover the broader market Okay, so this is key. Uh, customization, not only of the branding on the outside, but also the, uh, uh, the, 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 the content itself, the, the, the ingredients um, within the boundaries, the boundaries that you create on the platform, right? It's not that I want to introduce anything that is beyond what you offer. It's just not feasible, not, not like practically justified, right, for you. For now, at this point, no, but uh, at some okay, point, cool. we definitely like we have this ability and uh, all our manufacturers we are collaborating with and, and create the partnerships with, they are ready to provide the custom formulas for us based on list of our ingredients we would, uh, you know, kind of uh, request from them. So we have this ability to provide the custom formulas, as we call them for our customers as well, but we're probably going to be start doing it on the later stages. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. So just to make sure we cover um, other categories in the catalog, uh, cosmetic supplements, but also men's, men's clothing, women's clothing, women's common clothing. categories, uh, apparel, wide lines too, also supplements, as you mentioned. Um, and the this is not the end, right? This is just the beginning. And yeah. with bigger scale, you will be entering into new categories. What would you say is the most challenging on your pipeline? in your pipeline, the most challenging category of products in your pipeline? Most challenging products, probably products related to uh, like the standard POD, which is print on demand merch, like the hoodies, the all over prints, you know, like your bags, your caps, your sweatshirts and things like that, because that requires a little bit more of technological implementation to make sure it's super flexible and you can do a lot of different things and you can put your design not only on the front and the back, but also on the shoulders, also on the, on the sides, on your pocket and everything. And that's, you have to kind of combine all those layers together. And it's a lot of technological kind of improvements need to be done within the system to support that. We're already uh, halfway through there. We mm. just launched this apparel category and we are going to extend that with uh, new functionalities be added to the tool. Igor, interesting. I expected you to say this is the most challenging because it's the most crowded space or uh, competitive. And you say technicalities are still an issue. Um, interesting. I mean, mm -hmm. I, didn't, well, I didn't expect that answer. Interesting. Yeah. Well, for us, you know, like that's why we started with the cosmetics and supplements categories, because, for example, in cosmetics, we are the first on the market who actually started to provide all the benefits of the standard POD and including the self-design studio tool, the mock-up generator. But we applied it to the never seen before category and we lower it, as you already mentioned, the barrier of entrance for people. And we have a lot of interest right now for the cosmetics category. Then we added supplements and supplements is one of the hottest categories at the, at the point at this at the same time right now as well and we just add in the apparel category as a complementary to them we just want to kind of you know shift our client to these new categories and then eventually if they want to pick up the additional ones which we also have they will do that because they are uh, already familiar with us with our customer service with our quality of uh, products and things like that oh wow interesting i was really sure that the evolution of the catalog was a little bit different from apparel which is like widely you know widely, I mean, popular and, 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 and so on, but you started with the unique, with the new pioneering, new, new category, interesting. And so um, 
And so um, you also said that the, what your platform is um, easily integrated with um, Shopify, WooCommerce, Wix, and similar. Okay. Correct. Yes, it's already integrated, and we have the whole lineup of other platforms which we're going to be adding up on a monthly basis. So, therefore, if you have more than one sales channels, not only Shopify store, but also, for example, Etsy or Wix or WooCommerce, you can easily kind of push that product which you created on our platform to all those sales channels, sell them on those sales channels. We're going to gather all those orders into our platform and fulfill and ship them on your behalf. Yeah. Okay. So, Igor, on on the business side, on the business side, and what countries you are currently uh, working? Um, so right I didn't now mention we that. Cover... I, I didn't mention that, but the company was founded in Estonia, in Latvia. Oh, sorry, Latvia. Uh, sorry, Latvia, sorry, Latvia. Yes, of course. Like from in European Silicon Valley, let's say, uh, <laughs> out of Riga. And by the way, you are now currently based in the states. You mentioned right in uh, yes. Southern California. Yeah, myself, South California. I, uh, mm -hmm. South Carolina. Carolina, Carolina, and why so? Why in Carolina? It, it, it's just because, like, at some point, we uh, we saw the uh, United States market as like eighty percent of all our sales, which are coming from, and therefore we wanted to be present here because one of the most important things for our customers when we talk with them is our availability. Right, and we cannot uh, kind of cover that availability from Latvia and Riga. But me being here and building the actually the uh, customer support service on the you know within the uh, United States time zone, it helps us a lot to actually improve the quality of our customer service, and they are actually now ecstatic and feel ecstatic about you know the way we are available for them on the phone call, on the conference calls like that, and because it's a it's it's a whole process to onboard the merchant and to let them to start actually selling the products and uh, help them out and therefore it's it was very needed so therefore i just moved to united states just to extend our market and extend our presence here okay okay and your merchants and your merchants i understand can focus on the pure business or creative part and so on but it just seems to be easy and simple i'm sure there's uh, complicated convoluted logistics um, mechanisms should i say behind right at the back end yeah, for sure. Like we make it easier for our client customers, right? With like a couple of clicks in several minutes, they yeah. can literally create their own brand and to push it to their online stores and the order is going to start coming in if they already have the following and they have people who are ready to buy it. But on the other side, obviously we are covering the inventory, as I said, so we have to invest in the inventory, not all the categories, by the way. In some cases, we work with the suppliers who actually can also cover the fulfillment process, the whole inventory process yep. and things like that. So we just mm -hmm. integrate with them. So not only we integrate with the third-party platforms like e-commerce platform, but we also integrate with our manufacturers and we send the orders automatically to them. They fulfill them, they print them, and uh, they put the labels on and things like that. But some categories and some products, like for example, cosmetics and supplements, we actually have our own facilities where we store them in and we do all the fulfillment process ourselves. So we had to build the printing line. We are putting labels, customized labels on the products. We package them and then we uh, schedule them for the pickup and we just, you know, ship them to the, the end customers. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. So you mean infrastructure or facility you mentioned, right? Literally a warehouse. Yes, so we have the warehouse here in the United States in Mount Pleasant, where I live, and I uh, manage the warehouse with uh, we have other our employees, and uh, we also have the little space in uh, back in Riga in Latvia, where we also uh, facilitate the whole process of fulfillment and uh, shipping. Mm -hmm. That covers okay. European like Europe, and uh, we cover the United States and Canada. From this warehouse in. Uh, South California, uh, Carolina, right? All right, correct. Cool. Yes, interesting. Okay, on the business side, then. Um, so, as as a merchant, what would I be expected to pay? Like, how how much would I share of my revenue or profit, and why so much? Mm -hmm. Well, uh, right now, what we do is we we get this price from manufacturer, right? And we are able, and I think it's worth mentioning, we are able to get this lower prices from manufacturers because we are a bigger player in the market and they're ready to negotiate with us. And therefore we get lower prices. What we do that then, we put our margin on top of that price. And that is the price we are offering to our merchants. And then they're willing to do whatever they want. We usually kind of suggest them to put like 35, 40% margin on top of that product, which is kind of, uh, they've been left with 
as soon as they sell their product. From our perspective, we only charge the price of the product, which already kind of calculated in uh, our margin. We taxes, taxes and shipping fees. There is no upfront fees. There is no like membership fees, no fulfillment fees as some of our competitors have and things like that. So we just kind of, you know, have this uh, straightforward pricing model where the client know precisely what they're going to pay, how much does it cost to, that, to them, and they then decide what kind of price they want to put to sell to their customers. Just to make sure I understand correctly, uh, of the final price, me as a merchant, I can expect to, to have 30, 40% of the price and rest goes to you to cover all the deliveries and manufacturing and produ production and so on. Correct. Okay. Yes. okay. Yes. And also you say what, no minimum order? No minimum order whatsoever. So like that's that's why we call ourselves everything on demand. So if your client, whenever your client orders like the one piece of cosmetics or supplements or apparel, that order comes into our warehouse and we start fulfilling it and we ship it to your client. So it's like per order basis. At the same time, we offer this opportunity to order in bulk for us if you want to, right? If you have the storage space, you can easily customize your product within our platform and then just order a thousand pieces of that product from us. We're going to do that same delivery with your own branding and delivery to the place which you have actually put on your form. I'm almost getting itchy myself to give it a try just out of curiosity, to be honest. But oh, yeah, anyways, you should. I... <laughs> it's, not, it's a very fun process. It's literally you cannot believe how fa fast you can do that and you cannot believe like you're ready, ready to start to sell because it's on your, on your platform right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have an idea already. We will discuss it after that. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Igor, I think we could call this, I mean, this relationship with merchants and how merchants are like, you know, uh, uh, paying you and so on. I mm -hmm. think you could call this um, as an analogy to this pay as, pay as you go, you could say pay as you sell, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly right. This is another point. Like you only pay us when you already got paid. That's the beauty of it. We charge you for the order, which comes to our system, but how the order appears? Well, the order had to be done and completed on the Shopify store, let's say site, right? And how did it happen? Well, the customer paid for it and that's how that created the order. So you already got the money with your margin in your account. Now, if you have connected your account to our platform, only at this point, we charge our part, which is less than the amount which you already gotten, so you can organize your cash flow not pretty nicely and you will never be out of money in your account if you are selling those products and we are charging you only after you sold it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I understand, okay. And moreover, you don't you don't have to go into bank loans kind of relationships and so on. Correct, because... Correct. exactly. Yeah, you don't need like starting yes. capital to have this inventory and hold this inventory and try to find the space where yeah. you're going to put it and things like that. Hmm. So I guess you guys are knowledgeable about low manufacturing standards, like you know, by lean, agile, six sigma, or just in time, or product on hand kind of notions and so on. You need to be uh, experts on this, right? We have to, and we're learning as we go, obviously. And we are very fortunate enough to work with the very experienced manufacturers who are some of them become kind of friends of ours and they actually let us in into their manufacturers and we can see the processes of how they actually build that so yeah. we can scale our processes on our side the same way last thing here uh sorry last but one as far as taxes i understand you cover this as well right um if i'm a self-employed or i have a a small limited company in the States, I understand I would sell this. And let's say I sell this to a company as mm -hmm. let's say cop like corporate like gifts for, for Christmas or something. So I can mm -hmm. invoice them, right? And you mm -hmm. would cover this as well. No, that tax you have to pay. So that's called like, for example, we're talking about United States, it's sales tax. You know, every okay. single company has to pay the sales tax in, the, in certain state what they are selling the product to. And there are okay, some okay. different uh, if and when, if you have the sales certificate in that state, then we do not actually put that, uh, include that tax in the invoice because you're going to pay it on your end. If you're not, we're going to include in our yeah. invoice. We have to withhold it from you and then pay it to the government. Are you, are you trying to confirm this urban truth that US tax uh, system is very, very, very complex? Uh, it's uh, 
It is complex, yeah. Uh, but it, that complexity comes, it multiplies because we have so many states and each state is kind of a little own country with their own rules, with their own, uh, you know, with um, uh, limits and transactions uh, volumes and everything, all those different conditions. So from the technical perspective, if we want to cover it and we want to cover it automatically, we want to calculate it all automatically, we have to create pretty complex calculation and strategy methods, which we use on the back end to actually be able to apply, you know, the right amount of tax on a particular order. Especially when the order consists of different types of products because different categories can be taxed differently as well. Yeah, yeah. So not in vain, the country is called United States of America. It's literally yeah. states, right? In in many respects. It's like working uh, with several countries, literally. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Okay. Now, how many clients do you have right now? And uh, are you profitable already as a pretty young company, I understand? And mm -hmm. whatever you can share on the uh, metrics side. Mm -hmm. So like we right now, as of, of the moment, we got around uh, not around a little bit more than 1500 uh, active merchants. That means the ones who actually created their accounts, they created the templates, as we call them, the product templates, they customize them, they push them to their stores, and they try to sell them with, uh, you know, different uh, level of success, obviously, you know, depending on what kind of, you know, people they are, what kind of businesses they have, what kind of following they have. But this is this is the number right now. We're not profitable yet, but we are getting there. We still are looking for another round of uh, funding for our companies, but uh yeah, we're working hard on uh, sales and marketing and onboarding those merchants and helping them to actually, you know, start to do to make those sales because the more they sell, the better we feel as well. And out of these 1500 active users, let's say, or merchants, right, that are trying or have sold already, would you say they're still teaching you something new or is this already polished and, you know, chiseled away and like ready product to scale? Yeah, they are uh, both. Right. So some of the some of the merchants who are very kind of familiar with this industry and they maybe even done it with our competitors already. And now they maybe like us better. It's just very easy process of onboarding and they just, you know, push the product to their stores and the sales to just, you know, start coming in because they're already in the process. A lot of uh, people are not familiar with the whole process. They want a little bit more of education and we work with them and we consult them. We have the constant one, uh, uh, calls with them. They book the, a lot of calls with us and uh, they tell us how do they can actually, uh, they, uh, we, what we learn from them is that how they incorporate our physical product, what we sell to them into maybe already something what they have, for example, digital product, right? If they have the training programs or something they're selling online, they now want to complement it with our product. And now we learn that this is the group of the potential customers, which they be, might be interested in, in our product, but they don't know it yet as the person who just, you know, suggested us that kind of business model. So now we have this knowledge and we can approach those people who have those online programs and who did not have maybe yeah. a chance to think yeah. of the physical and we can upsell them with the physical product and offer them to create their own, um, you know, product line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, just go where the digital celebrities are, right? All those exactly, uh, yeah. Influencers, you know, whoever yeah. has this following, they can monetize that following by actually adding them value and the high quality products. That is one of the thing, one of the ways how you can add value to the lives of those people or their customers, their end customers. And if you can, you know, prove that and and offer that to them, they will be willing to actually uh, start selling it to their customers and suggest them. Okay, for business purposes and goals, would you go as far as to allow your merchants to sell anything, including snake oil? Uh, <laughs> we kind of uh, try to stay within the uh, legal requirements as well, right? What kind of uh, processes we have to go through to actually be allowed to uh, sell certain products. Like for example, right now we're looking at the CBD industry, CBD infused supplements and cosmetics. And we're trying to figure out what are the complications of us actually starting offering that product. We see this uh, niche is trending and, you know, and everybody want to, and our, actually our customers are already asking us for that. So we are trying to be prudent in this kind of uh, 
you know, in this kind with this kind of categories. But uh, as soon as we stay within the ethic and within legality of that, we will be willing to uh, help us customers to achieve their goals. And if that requires to adding these kind of products, and we allow to do that, and it's uh, legally, ethically, and morally uh, okay with uh, you know legislation as well as our own company values, we will be ready to do that as well. Yes. So we are you saying? You would be ready to sell snake oil, but it will be it's going to be the best snake oil on the market. <laughs> well, snake oil, maybe it's not that good of an example, right? But uh, if you're talking about CBD or something like it, we would be willing to go in that market and uh, start helping our uh, yeah, merchants. Igor, let's move on. Round two, you mentioned competitors. And as far as competitive landscape, uh, landscape should I say, Baltic countries and Baltic Baltic countries, you could say it's like a POD hub uh, globally right now with all the um, all the brothers and sisters of your of yours like Printful, Printify, I don't know, self-named or, or similar. Why do you think yeah. this is? Why do you think this is the case? It's just because the the something is is in the in the air in Latvia, Lithuania, and Estonia, or why do you guys so much like the POD kind of business uh, models. Well, I think kind of I think you know this the biggest company right now on the market from POD perspective we could take like uh, POD apparel and uh, life and home kind of category. Printful obviously is a leader there and they originated in Latvia and I think they started that movement and they showed the opportunities. They showed that they opened up that industry right that industry right now we've only taken the uh, POD two categories apparel. And uh, we take the home and living, it's about from four to six billion uh, huge uh, category, right? If we, if we add supplements, if we add cosmetics, it's already about six to 10 billion. And if we take just the drop shipping on Sony, it's 150 billion industry, which is growing like 25% every single year so far and uh, projected to grow from like 15 to 25% for the next seven years. So like, I think just, you know, we kind of felt that this is, this is us, this is, this is our country, these are our friends, and we know each other, uh, you know, you know, a lot of people working in those companies and you exchange information and everything, and we thought we, we see this huge pie and there is enough space and place for everyone to actually get the bite of that pie and start offering, you know, a solution and get your own niche and just start working it and complement each other, not compete with each other so much. Ah, interesting. How would you complement Printful or how would they complement you? Yeah. So um, when we talk about competitors, well, first of all, kind of, we don't try to uh, compare ourselves to competitors. We just try to model the things which we think they're successful in and we apply them to our business model and the things where we do uh, and uh, kind of adding up our uniqueness to it. But um, whatever competitors do, we still think like the whole, to cover the whole cycle of actually creating your own brand from the point you create your own brand and then you start selling your product. There are so many things in between that needs to be done, which, which none of the competitors at this time and point of time do not cover. For example, okay. we take, and, and it's kind of spread out through the different companies and different applications. For example, if you wanna sell your product and you wanna customize it, Sell XYZ is for that, Printful uh, for that, Printify and Gelato. But if you want to now start to uh, work on your packaging and you want to customize your packaging and you want to create your own packaging, uh, Printful or Printify do not allow you to do that, right? They don't have this. And there are some other players on the market now which do the packaging. For example, PackHelp or Lumi, they put uh, they took that niche and they do that now, right? Another thing, if you want to do the dropshipping, kind of connect the whole thing with the dropshipping, you're now using a barrel of Spocket, right? Which are again leaders in this, in this kind of area. But if you are a merchant, the guy or girl who just want to start your own site hustle and start selling your products, you then need to connect with so many of them to actually cover all the process of branding building process of uh, product uh, line building process. So what we're trying to do and what I'm trying to say is we're trying to become this one stop shop for our merchants to actually do it all, to have all the categories. That is our differentiation from the Printful and Printify. They do not have supplements. They do not have cosmetics. 
they only have the uh, apparel and related to apparel home and living categories, right? If we take like the our competitor in supplements market, which is Supplefull, which by the way is also originated in Latvia, uh, they do only supplements, right? But we see the trend, our merchants, when they come to us and start working with us, at the same time, they work with other companies as well and they share the, with us this information and they say, hey, if you guys offering cosmetics and supplements, I better off work with you because I'm interested to launch both of them. And it's a lot more convenient to be the, where you are because you offer that in one place. And if you guys are going to now help me with packaging, I'm going to be I'm going to be staying with you forever because now I need to, you know, take care of the packaging on the other side of the ocean kind of thing. So we are trying to combine all these things together to actually support that merchant and make him go through that process of creating the brand and start selling the products by using all the tools which are available in our platform. Mm -hmm. Previously proven by uh, uh, trailblazers, trail should I say, right? So exactly. they created, created, developed and evolved the market, but are not covering, are not, are not including as many models or opportunities or possibilities as you do. And this is your main competitive edge, right? Okay. Correct. And still growing and improving or in, uh, increasing the catalog. Uh, category. In each of those categories. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay. Correct. Igor, let's move on. Uh, round okay. three, qu quick winding. I really like this uh, round when I try to understand how our guests deal with the workload and uh, task load and uh, challenges and so on. What mm -hmm. are your key productivity hack or hacks? And again, not, mm -hmm. not the tools, but the way you do things as a founder, right? Uh, Co-founder, CEO and so on. Mm -hmm. Okay, so like for me, I believe uh, in energy, right? And I feel like you, be, you can be as productive or as efficient as much energy you have in your body. And we, and we have, and we go through a lot of different activities throughout the day or the week which can drain your energy and can increase the level of your energy. So my goal is to build my day and build my routine and build my discipline around the activities which will only contribute to the level of my energy, right? And so what do I do on this? And, and by the way, the energy and, so, um, and the energy related to my mental health, my physical health, my emotional health. And I'm trying to take care of that first and first thing in the morning, what I do is I take care of health to get this energy. Because health, I think, is foundational thing. I know it's maybe cliche. Everybody's saying, yeah, your health is the first place. But I kind of want to point it out that uh, I think one should take care of their health first. And therefore, I take care of the health in the mornings. Because the mornings is the first thing what you do. You get up and you take care of your health. So what I do is I go for sport. I uh, take the very cold plunge. You know, I just literally... Uh, push myself through the activities which require uncomfort, right? And with that, I prime myself in the morning. I do the same. Uh, I do the. Uh, I do my meditation in the morning as well. I meditate and prime myself. I know how much time do we have, but I would like to uh, maybe um, tell a little story why is that important to prime yourself and kind of tune yourself up for a day. Would you be interested in that really quick? Yeah, yeah, go ahead, of course. Okay, so the study been done and actually experiment been done with the two groups of people. And that happened in the mall, in like trading center, right? So what happened is they took two guys of the experimental group and the task of those guys would be to go into the coffee shop to bump in someone and ask them to hold their coffee cup and then uh, while they uh, tie their shoes. So one guy was doing that with 100 different people in that coffee shop and the other guy was doing the same thing they would bump up into the person they would ask him to hold their coffee they would tie up their shoes they would stand up and they would take their coffee back and say thank you very much the person say thank you and they would just go separate ways so one person's done it with two with 100 people another one done it to the 100 people the only difference was the one guy was handing over the hot cup of coffee Another guy was handing over the cold cup of coffee, okay? So that was the only difference in between these two groups. What they did next is in that mall, in the trading center, on the other side of it, they set up the kiosk, the booth, where they offered people to take the book and read the paragraph of that book 
and describe and ask some of the questions of the book and they would pay you 50 bucks for it and obviously they were targeted those people who were handed the cup of coffee to right and uh, and other people obviously joined and things like that but long story short 80 people out of each groups actually stopped by because it's easy money and they read the, the paragraph the paragraph is like two three sentences so they read it and they would ask the question can you please describe the character of the book how do you feel about him what can you say so the group what were given the hot copy said the guy was warm heart warm-hearted was very helpful was very attractive right in other way they liked the character the other group said it was cold-hearted it uh it was angry it was selfish and so on and so on so that experiment shows you just one little interaction of holding the hot copy or hot coffee or cold coffee can change your entire perception of how do you look at things. And imagine how many of those bumps and how many of those bombarding things are coming towards you throughout the day. They can take you off the track, whatever track is for you, your goals, your family, your health, your business, whatever, right? So I believe in the morning, you have to go through certain rituals and experiences to prime yourself to stay strong in that track and make sure anything that comes towards you within the day will not actually let you get off that track that easy as that one cup of coffee. And I do that with certain rituals, which I have already kind of a little bit mentioned about. And then another thing you mentioned about the tasks, I use this, I learned it from Tony Robbins a very long time ago, probably 10 years ago, it called the rapid planning method. RPM. I don't know if you heard of it. I really encourage your audience to actually look into it because that is something which can change their life. This is a lifestyle. This is how you plan. This is how you prioritize. This is how you chunk up anything what you need to do. This is how you actually plan it for a day, for a week, for a month, for a year, for the for your entire kind of life. And then you kind of come back to it. And that thing actually shows you and lets you know what you need to do at your next step. You don't hold anything in your hand. And this is the special system. What I I used to actually achieve a lot within one day and put like more than 24 hours in a day just because you go through that kind of process just to make sure the uh, or the the the, the uh, audience um, keeps track of what what you are mentioning this is pretty interesting and i think valuable information as well so anthony robbins uh, rapid planning method right rpm Correct. Yes, he has the program, he has the uh, application for it, and uh, it's like uh, he has a book for it and things like that, and yeah. he just describes yeah. everything yeah. what you do, and it's based on what you do, why you do that, what's the reason, why, and only then you get to how, and you get, you know, uh, you, as a result, you just work on the most important things because you understand why they are important, what you want to achieve with them, and how they connected with the outcome which you want to achieve, and that's you, and that's how you filter out all the other noise which might come towards you and be just the to-do task which you kind of complete, but they do not impact the uh, outcome of your day, of your life, of your goal. Yeah, and coming back to your uh, example about hot coffee, uh, cold coffee, and influence yeah. and impact on our judgments and so on. This is what's called in psychology framing, um, mm -hmm. right? Relevant yeah. framing. I mean, properly designed framing really statistically uh, statistically proven that it, it influences our decisions. That's true. That's for sure. Interesting. Yeah. And what you're trying to say is that what you take, you you take advantage of the fact that brain is the most flexible muscle uh, of the body that you can manipulate right for good things or you can manipulate it for bad things and you exactly. learn how to manipulate this muscle cool yes and in the morning you kind of stuck up all those little things which you overcome and it becomes your brain's uh, program right now and that runs mm -hmm. that program throughout the day and helps you to achieve what you want not what others kind of throw at you yeah, yeah. And you create kind of a protective bubble uh, around you. Exactly. First, you know what you want to reach. Two, you know that you will reach it anyways because you believe in yourself and you create like what prior, uh, you create a scale of, of values, I understand, or of goals or priority list of goals for today. And you just go at it and uh, without uh, contemplating too much about non-important stuff. Yeah, okay. Exactly. Cool. So RPM by Anthony Robbins and framing, framing as such is important, I think, for any business person, for a leader, team manager, a sales, sales, sales person, a negotiator, and so on and so on. There's so much to 
there's so much to, to derive from understanding framing effect. I definitely Correct. recommend this as well. One more thing I would like to mention if we have time, Brad, to add to it. All the eternity for you. Let's move on. Okay, uh, so one more thing, which I also learned from Anthony Robbins, actually, uh, I'm a fan of it, as you might hear already, <laughs> but uh, he, you know, he got these things he called the beautiful state. And uh, he learn, he teaches you uh, how to live in a beautiful state and what the beautiful state is. Just, you know, you, uh, you probably know yourself and your audience also know, we sometimes we are in this negative state. We are maybe pissed. We are like angry at someone and things like that. And things don't go well. And in this case, uh, you don't feel good. And probably if you would come now and try to achieve something or do something with this kind of energy, you can imagine that result would not be that good as if you would do that when you like feel excited, you like super pumped and you like ready to be confident and everything, right? And just imagine if you would, uh, if you could manipulate your body and your mind to put yourself in that beautiful state at any moment of the time. So let's say if I want to put myself into, let's say I'm angry, I'm tired, I'm, I don't know, and I have to do that call with you, right? I put myself into the state. I want to be in the state. I want to be energetic. It doesn't matter what happened previously up to that minute. How do I do that? Three things, your physiology, the things you focus on, and your language. And first is your physiology. So you have to use your physiology to actually manipulate your emotions. And uh, when you're angry, when you're upset, when you're anxious, you usually kind of, you know, put your shoulders down, your head down, your nose is down, and you kind of feel down, right? But uh, when you're happy, when you're excited, your shoulders are up, your chest is open, your chin is up and everything, right? And that relates. The physiology impacts the emotions and emotions impact the physiology. So if you would just stand straight up, you know, if you look like this hero pose, it's actually scientifically proven for two minutes, your chemical reaction into your body will actually release the dopamine and release all those necessary hormones to actually feel better, feel good. And then with that energy, you can jump on the whatever issue or whatever, you know, uh, project you have and just tackle it within, um, you know, a certain amount of time, which will take a lot less than you would be in this negative state. So uh, I try to build my day in a way I uh, bring myself into the, this beautiful state at any point of the, of the day. And I do it with the different uh, other rituals throughout the day, as a, for example, jumping up and down on my rebounder, which I have in my office right here. Um, just to recap, beautiful state. Uh, you mentioned three elements there: physiology. Yeah. So physiology, vocabulary, physiology. Then you have to change your focus, right? Because whatever ah, focus. we focus on, yeah, focus. Be whatever we focus on becomes our reality. Although in actuality, it can be a completely different thing. Just think about it. Imagine you have like an issue at your workplace, right? And you all now kind of you dove, dove in into the issue and it becomes your reality and becomes your world. You generalize too much. Your brain generalized too much. And you think the whole life is that one problem. Although on the other side, you have beautiful family, you have beautiful wife, you maybe, I don't know, you're wealthy and things like that. But you eventually forget about it because you start focus on the things which right in front of you. So you have to train yourself to focus on a positive things, to see the things from the different perspective. And as soon as you're going to start doing that, your reality will become a completely different thing because focusing is and vocabulary and vocabulary, and vocabulary which, yeah. which, which is you usually as a mantra and like a hypnosis. If you use all the negative vocabulary, here you are, you are frustrated, depressed, and you are contaminating with this uh, feeling and emotion, everybody around you. Okay. Exactly. Look, as far as focus also, that was interesting. Uh, you know this phrase like choose your dreams carefully they can come true and exactly. now wait 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 and now choose your focus carefully it can destroy your dream <laughs> yeah that's right i agree with that cool. i agree with that <laughs> let's move on round four company so the company is pretty young but established by a number of uh, pretty experienced uh, serial business people should i say right correct and founders are yourself, Igor Labrinovich, um, you're head of operations, co-founder, 15 years or so of experience uh, as a founder yourself, I understand investors as well, who is not an investor coming from Baltic countries, of course, all of you guys are both on both sides uh, already. Rainis Vaivars, CEO, co-founder as well, Serial, of course. Mm -hmm. uh, how many people you have now in the team? So right now, as of, the, of this uh, moment, we have 18 people. 18 already okay yes where is the biggest challenge right now as far as team uh team building effort i would say the biggest challenge right now uh positive challenge which we need to uh tackle is our sales and marketing 
and onboard mm -hmm. our merchants. Mm, I see. So onboarding is a function of your sales and marketing success. Uh, yes, correct. And then it's, it's a little longer time to actually onboard, especially the merchants, which are maybe not familiar with some of the stages of the process, and they want to be educated a little bit. So we need to be there for them to kind of, you know, hold their hand and help them to go through every single pro uh, stage of the process. As soon as they're there on the other side, they can start selling and then they feel freely and they can, uh, like, you know, use our tool on a kind of automated basis. And the onboarding is a one by one, right? Approach. So you have to oh, guide by the hand. So, like we do, we do different kind of ways. Uh, sometimes we do uh, a lot of times we do one by one, and it's like uh, depends on how many booked calls we have because we have this you know like book your call kind of button all over our platform. And at the same time, we do webinars. Recent, by the way, a couple of days ago, I did the webinar where I cover majority of the things which related to onboarding to understand people understanding what the process is, how to do the process. I do the demo presentation on our platform. I take a lot of different questions, and this is very interactive experience with anyone who can participate and we just started this series a couple of days ago and we're going to keep uh, keep going and doing that on a constant basis and that's how we kind of can cover and scale ah, okay. that very okay. process yeah yeah okay interesting and what's uh how many people were were watching this first uh webinar of yours uh so okay. it was uh, 63 participants okay mostly in states i understand yeah, mostly mostly in state in states, and like half of them were like new people who were just trying to uh, see who we are, what we do, and how we work, and what we're all about. Because like our existing clients actually invited some of them and say, "Hey, if you want, if you're interested, remember I told you about these guys and working with them. Hey, just go ahead and just you know hear it from the from them." Uh, what they do mm -hmm. and what they are. So that was a very good experience. We have very nice, good questions. Okay. We're gonna publish it on our YouTube channel uh, today, I think, or tomorrow. Oh, okay, okay. And as far as this sales position, sales role, I understand this is uh, to cover US and uh, treat this as your video job ad. How would you advertise this job? Like who are you looking for? You mean uh, I'd be talking about the salesperson? Yeah, so like that's, that, would be, that would be the person who actually not only um, described the benefits of our products and uh, the things and, and how the things are work on our side, but would be able to apply uh, the, uh, the options and opportunities and flexibility of our product to the certain problem that that particular merchant who is calling us or whom, or whom we are calling trying to solve. Because our merchant have uh, issues in uh, different stages of that process of building the brand, launching the product, selling the product, and so on and so on. So in this case, we need the person who could be like, who could get himself or herself into the shoes of that merchant and try to look at our product in a way how that product would solve that particular issue at this particular moment and then maybe expand later on and cover any other uh, areas which this merchant want to help with. Good. Now that you mentioned that it's uh, ideally somebody who, who understands your merchant, why don't you try and recruit somebody or attract somebody from your 1500 merchants right now? Uh, who are your uh, event like currently evangelists and they're active and so on and so on and so, yeah and then you convert them into your that will be a great legend I mean a great story right to sell that's uh, you're right on the money Alex we just started to do that we call it kind of we actually launch it as a partner program so what we do is we offer our merchants to actually invite someone else who is. Uh, also want to be merchant on their own to join us. And we actually are ready to share the percentage of the revenue we have from that person with the original merchant, which is uh, suggested that person to us. This is another angle we kind of started to look at it because our merchant actually, like if you are the fitness trainer, if you are uh, like a wellness coach or something like it, you actually have a lot of uh, the huge inner circle of the connections, which are, uh, fit into the category of our potential clients, right? And uh, so we try to incentivize you right now to introduce us to your client, to your potential contacts, which you have from that particular field. And uh, that's what we're doing right now. And they're bringing us in uh, their friends, their 
partners, uh, they gym owners, for example, if I am the fitness trainer working in this fitness gym right now, and I'm already have my supplement line, I now am interested to involve this gym owner. So maybe he can put like my products on his shelf. So maybe his own products on the shelves of his gym, right? So it's a pretty easy sale because we are in the same industry, in the same niche, in the same thing every single day. So we trying to reach them out the second level kind of the merchants through our existing merchant. Yes. Wow. So here you are. Uh, uh, choose these partners from 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 among your current merchants and then kind of assign to them a specific territory or state or something and you make them kind of master partner for the state. And then once you mentioned levels and then you create something similar to like MLM with all the positive connotations. <laughs> Yeah, kind of MLM. I don't want to call it MLM because I think we do. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Think, and more people, they actually get to know each other. And uh, overall, like we're trying to call, uh, help you, those entrepreneurs to succeed, right? And uh, if we can reach out to them through already our successful and at the same time, very satisfied customers, this is the way to do it is a straightforward, you know, way to actually approach them. I can actually, you can actually barter with these uh, sales sales representatives from among your merchants. You can you can barter in exchange for the cheaper or free accounts or something like that. And so you just you, you, and you don't have to pay extra money, you know, uh, for yes. I mean basic salaries, all of that. Okay, interesting. Igor, let's move on. Last but not least, round five, Formula F three or funding for the future. You just announced uh, a month ago, so uh, your pre-seed financing round being Correct. closed, and that was uh, mid-April 2022, 1.5 million uh, dollars, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. Correct, yes. Led by Igars, uh, Kessenfelds, um, Ele um, Eleven Group, Mintos, uh, Sun Finance, and um, this is pretty recent. But you mentioned already that you are uh, already in the market for the next financing round, right? Why mm -hmm. so? Yes. Why so quick? You digested this already. <laughs> we, we have not digested it yet, but uh, you know, as is it's it's a private investor. We actually gotten that money earlier uh, when we announced it. So that's why we already had the runway where we uh, were deploying this money in everything what we do right now to get to the point where we're at right now. And uh, now we're projecting what's going to happen um, next, and we want we know what the areas we want to deploy that money in, and therefore we think we need to extend our runway uh, as soon as we can, just to make sure to be on a safe side. And therefore we announce another round, and we are now working uh, on that. How do you define this seed? Oh, yeah, we define it. Yeah, it's a seed round. The, the previous one was like angel, a pre-seed round from private investor. This is the seed now. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I understand you would target uh, American American VCs, right? Correct. Yes. Cool. Okay. What do you think about implosions, should I say, of a VC uh, VC let's say markets or or, or activities uh, all around the world? And when early stage uh, startups are probably have to slash their appetites or valuation levels and so on, right? Or at least this is. This is what's yeah. going on right now in, in the whole world. Yes, that's what's that's happening right now. It's not that easy to uh, to raise that money. And at the same time, the appetite is pretty big. And everybody, of course, want to see sales. Everybody want to see this traction. Everybody want to see already you kind of keep going and you just they just need to kind of pour this gasoline on already like burning fire just to you yeah. know explode it further. And they want to take any risks and things like that. So obviously, yeah, that thing becomes a little bit more difficult. That's why we're trying to, uh, you know, go and uh, evolve and grow as fast as we can just to show, you know, what we have, a kind of database of clients where we have. And uh, I would say we're pretty successful so far. We uh, we, we can show the good numbers. We can show the technology behind it because we have implemented the very, you know, com uh, complicated and sophisticated tools on the back end to actually support all those mechanisms which are happening within the platform, all the designing and everything like that. And at the same time, it helps us because this is the tool which we use to uh, help automate and optimize lives of our you know clients that is essential thing 
And on this positive note, I think we should um, finish and end this podcast. Thank you very much, Igor. Uh, yet another example, I think, of a um, Baltic, let's say, startup from the Baltic region that almost immediately after establishing a company in the home country, leap over Europe, over the ocean, and target the biggest markets. And um, with um, experienced startup founders, as you guys are at the steering wheel of this, of this company, I think we could safely say that you will find your place under the, under the American sun, should I say, <laughs> and uh, we'll be able to expand pretty quickly. Thank you very much. That was interesting, enriching, and really motivational, especially the part about the, uh, how to pump yourself and get ready for the, for the day as a founder, co-founder, team leader, and we'll yeah, be following thank, your successes. Thank you for having me here, Alex. It was a pleasure. Thank you very much.